Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. Well, I want to once again welcome you to Soul City Church, whoever you are or wherever you may be at. It's so good to have our live studio audience staff here with us. Uh, so grateful to be gathering like this. My name is Jarrett, and I'm one of the lead pastors here at Soul City. And before I get into the teaching today, which I'm really excited to actually uh, get into, I want to take a second just to, to, to speak pastorally, if I could, to the events of this last week and what we uh, witnessed uh, as this violent mob through coordinated efforts attempted to overtake our capital and in their own words, to take back our country. And I just wanna be really clear. Uh, it is horrific. It is inexcusable. It is sinful. And sadly, uh, it's not all that surprising. As followers of Jesus, uh, I wanna be so crystal clear. We condemn these senseless acts of hatred and violence in no uncertain terms. And we grieve for the lives lost in this senseless, seditious act. From what I can see, as best I can tell, so much of what is at the heart of this movement is actually rooted in a sin that has plagued our country since its founding. It is the sin of white supremacy. It is a, listen to me, it is a lie from hell that is alive and well, sadly, in America today. And I know for some of you, you may get you know, frustrated to hear me say that, but I just would offer to you that to deny its existence is actually to contribute to its persistence. It is certainly, certainly not the whole of who they are. It is not the whole of who we are, far from it, but it is a significant part. And it must be named and it must be confessed and it must be healed and it must be ended in our country and in our world. But, of all the jarring images uh, that I witnessed, and I know you witnessed as well, perhaps the most disturbing thing for me to see amidst the sea of Confederate flags and anti-Semitic slogans and white supremacy t-shirts were the Bibles and the Christian flags and the Jesus saves signs. This is honestly what got my blood boiling and broke my heart the most. We should not, listen, we should not be surprised when we encounter evil in our world. Shouldn't be surprised when you see evil. But the Bible is so crystal clear that that is, that we will encounter evil. But when evil is co-opted by Christians and justified as righteous rage, we've lost our way. So let me be very clear. What we saw this last Wednesday has nothing to do with the way of Jesus the suffering servant, the king of heaven who refused an earthly throne, the one who actually taught us to turn the other cheek and to love those we disagree with. This was not about Jesus. This is white supremacy. This is nationalism parading as patriotism. This is idolatry. And you need look no further than the Old Testament to get a sense of how God feels about those things. You need to look no further than the life of Jesus to see how we are to combat those evils in this world with love and how we're invited to be a part of a kingdom that looks nothing like that. A kingdom that existed long before and will exist long after America. So 
today. I want to encourage you with the comforting and albeit challenging wisdom of Jesus that in this world, listen, you will have trouble. We will face evil to be sure, but you can take heart for he has overcome the world. He's overcome the demonic systems of this world. He has overcome anything and everything that would divide us from God and from each other. He has overcome and we shall overcome. And as you pray for unity and peace, as I am and I believe we should, I just want you to remember that there is no unity without equality. It doesn't work that way. There is no unity until you are willing to see and treat each person with the same divine dignity that God has poured out into you. And there is no peace without justice without evil being named as such and given no room in our hearts, in our lives, in our churches, in our city, in our country, and in this world. So I do want to invite you to pray. And I want you to pray with me right now for our hearts, for our church, and for our country. Will you join me actually wherever you're at right now and pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you are on the throne and it's not a throne that we would recognize. And that you've invited us into an upside-down kingdom that loves first, loves always, that forgives, that is a part of healing and transforming. And God, we pray for every person who was involved in the events of this last week that you would break the hearts of those who were a part of this, that somehow through your breakthrough miracle power, there would be repentance, not just for them, for all of us, wherever it is, that we are harboring sin or divisiveness in our own hearts and our judgments of others. But God, we pray for your healing, not only for our country, but for your church. God, help your church. Help your church to be what you actually created and invited it to be, a light in this world that shines out darkness wherever it goes. We pray this all in your name, your matchless name that will never be co-opted for evil in this world. In that name we pray. Amen. Well, in other news, we're kicking off a brand new teaching series that uh, given this past year and this past week, I believe couldn't be more uh, timely. It's called uh, On Purpose. And we're looking at how you actually live your life more on purpose. How do you take all of your good intentions and actually uh, bring them into daily decisions that will shape your life with God? How do you live your life with God with greater purpose and vision and direction? And this week, uh, I'm kicking off this series by having us look at how you get on purpose with God. And I just wonder if anyone in this room or if anyone watching online or listening to the podcast wants a little more purpose for your life in 2021. If that's you, if you want a little more purpose for your life, you can just put a little hand emoji in the comment section or in all caps, yes, or just shout in all caps right now, yes, I want some more purpose in my life. You know, in all of my study and, and preparation for uh, this, you know, talk today, this teaching today on purpose and direction, it got me thinking about something that our family loves and, and loves uh, to do. And it, it relates to what we're looking at here today. I don't know uh, if you love this, but our family 
loves to take road trips. Does anyone else like taking road trips? Anyone grow up taking road trips back before phones and the internet and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we love taking road trips. I mean, because think about it. When else are you going to eat a Cracker Barrel other than on a road trip? That's why we need road trips. And I think for, for, you know, for us and for anyone who's ever taken a road trip, and I know it's a little weird in 2020 with road trips, so maybe for you, you can just think about the last time you drove more than an hour. So if you live here in the city, the last time you drove to the Burbs. So just think about the last time you were in the car for a significant amount of time. And I want you to imagine getting all packed up, you know, you've got all your snacks, you've got your sunflower seeds, a must for road trips, your Ziploc of goldfish for the kids, you've got your playlist ready, you've got your audio book ready to go, the car is packed to the gills. Now imagine, I want you to imagine getting all set up and ready to go, getting on the freeway, pulling the car into the freeway, putting it in cruise control, and then just letting traffic take you wherever it will. No map. No GPS, no destination, just sort of go with the flow of the rest of the cars wherever it is that they're going. Does that sound like fun for you? That does not sound like, for some of you are like, that sounds awesome. That is my 2021 plans. That's not how you do road trips, is it? You don't, you start with the destination in mind. I mean, if you were to do it that way, I guess I suppose when your kids ask, are we there? You can honestly say, I have no idea because I don't know where it is that we are going, right? You would never plan a road trip yet that way. And yet, for, I think for many of us, for many of us, that's often how our life with God can feel. You got all the stuff, right? You got a Bible, you got time, you got good intentions, you got all the stuff. Maybe you're even on the road with God, but you're unclear where it is that you're going or even where you want to go. Maybe you're just sort of going with the flow of life's circumstances, See, I believe that there actually is a life that God longs for you to live with him, that he's made a way for you to actually do just that, a way of walking intimately with him through whatever you may be walking through. I believe that it is fully and freely available to you, but I also know that nobody, nobody, nobody drifts into that life with God. Nobody just sort of drifts into a full life with God. No one drifts into a full life of God. That's not how it works. No one just sort of stumbles their way into a transforming relationship with Jesus. You know this. If you've been at this for more than a minute, if you want to grow up, you got to show up, right? That's just kind of how this works. The same is true for just about everything else that matters for you in your life. You don't just drift into financial freedom, right? Well, we'll just see what happens and Find out at the end of the month. That's just not how it works. You don't drift your way into a meaningful job that you love. No nation drifts into full equality for all people. Listen, no relationship works that way. Gene and I didn't get to where we're at in our relationship by just drifting. Hear me clearly. I had to work to get her to fall in love with me. It was a full court press to get her to see me, right? And it was not just to fall in love. We've had to work. We've had to show up to stay in love, both of us. It takes time and intentionality and forgiveness. If anything, what we found to be true in our relationship is that when I start drifting or she starts drifting in our relationship, we lose intimacy. We lose intentionality. We lose connection. So why would it be any different in your relationship with God? Listen, nobody drifts into a full life with God. And if I can 
If I can lean in a little bit as one of your pastors who loves you and is with you and for you, I just want to name something that I sense and see going on. I think many people of faith are in a significant spiritual drift right now in this moment. I think we're facing a significant spiritual drift. You might be experiencing it personally right now, a significant spiritual drift in your own life, feeling spiritually lost or alone or just kind of like you're just adrift. And if that's you and you feel, and I just feel kind of lost with God after this last year, I just want you to hear me say something. Of course you feel that way. Of course you feel that way. Given all of the compounding events of just this last year alone, this last week alone, it's no wonder that so many feel so lost and detached and disconnected from God. It's no wonder that we feel shook and unsteady and unstable and uncertain. I believe that we are walking through a state of significant trauma right now as a nation and internationally right now. I believe that we're all facing something very significant. You already know this but I believe it's something spiritual too. And I think we're all walking through it in different ways together. In fact, if you're watching online right now, wherever you're at, and you feel like maybe you're sort of in some sort of spiritual drift at some level right now, maybe, again, you just throw a hand up in the comment section and say, that's me. Yep, I feel it in the comment section right now. If you feel like you're just kind of on a drift right now, because, listen, because I know I felt it this last year. I have felt my own spiritual drifts throughout this last year. But the question for us to consider today, and I just want you to think about this as we unpack a passage in a moment, is do you want to keep drifting? Like, just be honest with yourself. Do you want to keep drifting, or are you willing to make a spiritual shift today? Are you willing to actually make a spiritual shift today to begin to experience on a deeper level that more full life that Jesus promises is yours in John 10.10? So if you want to make a significant spiritual shift today, then here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible or open up a tab. So if you're here in this room, there should be a Bible. Nope, there's not. We cleared those out because of COVID. Anyway, open up your phone and grab a Bible wherever you're at and open to the book of Hebrews, the New Testament book of Hebrews. You can open to chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. You might want to grab a pen or something to jot some notes down with. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I want us to unpack this together as we seek to get on purpose with God in this new year. I want you to look for a spiritual shift that God might actually have for you today through his word written thousands of years ago to meet you in this exact moment right now. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says this. Listen to this. Let us hold, I love this word, unswervingly Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for because he who promised is faithful. Because he who promised you this life, he who promised you a way through this world, he who promised you is faithful. Okay, hold up. Or if Pastor Phil was here, he'd say, hold up, wait a minute. Because that right there in that verse is actually, that was for you, Phil. That right there is a lot, actually. The writer of Hebrews is reminding us to hold on. And that may not sound like a lot, but after this last year, holding on means a lot, doesn't it? He's saying, hold on. Hold on to God. Hold on to the hope that you have in God. No matter what may come, you can hold on to God because, get this, because God is holding on to you. 
You can hold on to God because he is not going to let you go. He is faithful to keep every one of his promises. You can hold on to God because he is holding on to you. And I know that there have been so many times, so many times in this past year, so many times in this past week when you've just wanted to sort of let go of God, right? Just wanted to say, God, it's just too much. I can't handle it. You just wanted to to give up. Doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Doesn't look like life is ever going to let up. But the spiritual shift here for you for this year is simply this. Will you hold on to not give up, to not let go? You can hold on no matter what may come because God is actually holding on to you. And I want to unpack that more in a minute, but I want to just get through the rest of the passage that we have here today. So let's keep reading in Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says this, and not only hold on because God is faithful, and let's consider, let's actually make this a part of our life. Let's consider how we may, I love this word too, spur one another on, how we can fan into flame one another towards love and good deeds. Anyone think we need that right now in our world? Let's consider how we, how you can actually spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together as, and this is just true, some are in the habit of doing. Some are in the habit of doing. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I've been meaning to go to church. I've been wanting to be a part of that. But for lots of folks, they just let go. He said, no, no, you hold on, and not only hold on, but let's not give up spurring one another on. Let's not give up meeting together as some of them are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching, that we don't know how long we have in this life, so all we have is today with God. So hold on. Help others hold on. And let's not stop meeting, gathering, finding a way to be together. God, how we need this in this moment right now how this needs to be true of the American church in this moment right now, in this moment of rightness and divisiveness. How might we be of service to others, calling out God's best in them, lifting them up rather than tearing them down? And even in a time of isolation, finding ways to actually be together, it's significant. It means maybe more than we realize, to be with each other and for each other, I think we need this now more than ever because here's the deal. Here's the truth. If left to ourselves, we will drift. If left to ourselves, we will drift out of intimacy with God, out of connection with others. The current of your current circumstances will always pull you further and further away from God and from others. And we're seeing that in real time in our nation right now. So I want you to think about what you can do to actually make a spiritual shift today. To make a spiritual shift out of this spiritual drift that we are all walking through in one way or another. How do you actually do that? How do you make a shift today? Well, I want to offer you an image that may or may not be familiar to your everyday life. And I'm not sure uh, how many of you, uh, has anyone here or, or watching online, anyone ever been sailing before? Raise your hand if you've ever been sailing, like actual sailing before. All right, so three people. Cool. So this, this image is totally going to connect with everyone. I, I, I've, uh, I've been sailing once in my life, and um, I'm not going to lie, didn't love it was not for me. See, I'm more of a lazy river kind of guy. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Put me in the tube and let me go. I'll get there when I get there. That's kind of how I like to do it. And what I learned very quickly when I went sailing was that it requires a lot of work. It requires you having to pay attention. It requires you having to adapt and actually adjust to the things that you can't control with the few things that you can control on the boat. And for those of you who've ever been sailing, you know that of all the important tools on a sailboat, uh, there is one tool that makes a significant difference, and that's actually uh, this. I've brought this with me uh, here today. For those of you watching live uh, I want to see who can be the first in the comments to shout out what this is. If anyone can shout it out, this critical sailing tool. And for those of you uh, who are hockey heads, let me just let you know, it is not a hockey stick. I just want to let you know that it's not some new form. Uh, anyone want to shout out what this is in the comments or in this room? Everyone, this is a rudder. rudder. This is a rudder. So whether you've been sailing or not, you probably know a little bit about a rudder. And if you're actually trying to go anywhere in the water, a rudder is incredibly important because what this rudder does is it helps set the direction for you. It helps set the direction for the boat. Based on, on where you point the rudder, the ship tends to actually go. But if you take your hand off the rudder, then you are at the whim of the wind and the waves. You'll just go wherever they blow, wherever they take you. But by setting the rudder, by adapting and adjusting to the surroundings, the circumstances that may come at you, you can actually head in the direction you desire. And see, I think for, for many of us, spiritually speaking, I think over this last year, we have lost the rudder. We've just lost the rudder. Understandably, again, understandably so. We've lost the rudder. And when life comes at you like it did this last year, like it did this last week, and if your hand is not on the rudder of your relationship with God, it's only a matter of time until you get tossed about and end up feeling lost and adrift. I believe this is what the writer of Hebrews was talking about when they said to hold unswervingly to the hope you have in God, to hold tight, to not let go. Storms are going to come, the wind's going to blow, but you hold on unswervingly to the hope that you have in God, to helping others do the same. Because the truth is, at the end of the day, at the start of this new year, wherever your rudder is pointing, that's the direction your life is going. It's just true. Wherever your rudder is pointing, your life with God, your life will follow. We're all going to face the unwanted waves, unexpected circumstances of life crashing up against the bow of our lives. And there are times when the wind of this world will blow you off course. It will happen. Or even when God redirects your course. But without your hand on the rudder, Without you doing what only you can do for your life with God, you will eventually, inevitably, get lost. And so the invitation for you and for me today, coming out of the year that we just had, walking into this new year in front of us, is to decide and determine what spiritual shifts you are actually willing to make. To no longer let yourself just sort of drift but to shift today. And it's going to look different 
for all of us. For some of us, it will be recommitting ourselves to our life and practice of prayer and meditation. It'll be saying, you know what? I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm going to put my hand on the rudder of that part of my life, and I'm going to re-up my connection and commitment to showing up with God through prayer and meditation. For others, it may look like the Bible and re-engaging God through the Bible. For others, it's going to look like getting intentional with how you honor God with your finances. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. But if I can, I want to just offer you two ways, two ways today that you can actually grab the rudder to live more on purpose with God this year. And they come right out of the passage that we actually just talked about, we just looked at in Hebrews chapter 10. In fact, it even says it in Hebrews 10, 25. Remember what it says? It said that we should not give up meeting together, or some are actually in the habit of doing, but we should actually encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. And I, and I get it after this last year, gathering together definitely looks different. We are, like, we know that. I don't have to say that. But that doesn't mean that we're not still gathering. It doesn't mean that there's not ways for us to connect with each other, to not give up gathering together. You don't have to. So I want to encourage you to do two things, just two things, as your work for the week. It's two ways for you to grab the rudder that can have a profound spiritual impact on the direction of your life over this next year. Here they are. There's just two things. You might want to jot them down. Are you ready for it? Two things that you can do to make a spiritual shift to grab the rudder in 2021. Here's the first one. Get ready. First one is go to church. And the second one is get in a group. Now, let me say that again, because I know that was a lot for you to take in. I talked really fast there. So let me just say it again. Go to church and get in a group. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, basically what I mean is go to church and get in a group. That's pretty much what I mean by that. What I mean is put some action to your intention. I know church is not like how it was. God, I miss it. And I love having our team here today. And we're excited for us to be able to begin to do this more and more over the course of this year. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't have something for you as it is today. What do I mean by go to church? I mean show up here each week. Show up here. That's why we went back to going live on Sunday morning so that you can actually set a time and a place and an intention to join with thousands of other people in pursuing a transforming relationship with Jesus. And I know, I know, listen, I know that life doesn't always work that way. And we have people who are a part of our church who live all over the country, all over the world, where 9 and 11 o'clock Chicago time don't work for them. We totally get that. That's why. Like, we have church available every minute after these 9 and 11 gatherings. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Set a time to show up and actually go to church. And where safe and possible, do it with others. Let's not forsake gathering together as some are in the habit of doing. Why? Because transformation doesn't happen in isolation. It just doesn't. You know that. We've talked about that. Transformation doesn't happen in isolation. Your spiritual growth is connected to others, and their spiritual growth is connected to you. So however and whenever and wherever you have to, I want to encourage you to show up here. Or if you're just checking us out and you're already part of another church, go to that church. And does going to church solve all of life's problems? Absolutely not. But it's a way for you to grab the rudder to hear from God, to worship God, to pray. It helps you set a rhythm with God for your life. 
So let's not give up meeting together. And then the second thing I want to encourage you to do is to sign up for a Soul City group today. Sign up for a group. Get in a group. Go to church. Get in a group. That's it. I can honestly say that through all of the intensity of this last year, my Soul City men's group was a significant rudder for me. A significant rudder for me. Every week on Zoom, these men showed up for each other. They showed up for me. When my dad died, they showed up for me. Every week, I would think to myself, why in God's name would anyone get up at 6.30 a.m. to go on Zoom for the 457th time this week for a voluntary small group that none of them have to be at? And then each and every week after group, I was reminded of why. Mm-hmm. And I know we make a big deal about groups around here. Well, it's for a good reason. And listen, we have all kinds of groups. And, and this was so crazy. This last season, we had six guys in my men's group that don't live in the state of Illinois. We had guys who are connected to our church. Some have never even been in the building but they're a part of our church and they kept showing up and showing up. We have all kinds of group. There is literally no excuse. I mean, even if you're like a single mom who's into yoga and wants to learn more about the Old Testament book of Habakkuk but can only do it on Tuesday nights, there's probably a group for you. I don't know, go check the list. Probably some group for you. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Go to soulcitychurch.com groups today, today. Soulcitychurch.com groups and sign up, and here's the important part, and show up. Not just physically, spiritually. Show up, put your hand to the rudder of gathering together this year. Find a way, make a way, make it a priority, and see if God doesn't use it like that rudder to guide you through this next year. See if it doesn't add more meaningful purpose to your life with God in 2021. I'm telling you, from my own personal experience, you will not regret it. Now, I just want to close with this and then we're going to close with the song, but listen. All of us, all of us, all of us have spiritual drifts. It's part of life. We all have spiritual drifts. And if that's you today and you're feeling, oh man, I just feel lost, I get it. I've been there. I've, I've experienced them. I get it. We all have spiritual drifts. It happens. Life happens. 2020 happened. 2021 currently is happening, right? We all have spiritual drifts, but we can all make spiritual shifts. We all have spiritual drifts, but we can all make spiritual shifts. We can all put our hand to the rudder to hold on tighter to that hope that we have in God. You can make a shift today. You can make a shift today. And I want to encourage you to make that shift. If you've been drifting, I want you to make a spiritual shift today. It is not too late for you. God has not forgotten you. Now more than ever, put your hand to the rudder. And if you find yourself in a season of drifting 
And by God's grace, somehow you are hearing these words right now. I want to offer you this loving reminder from God. I want to offer you this promise from God coming out of Zechariah 1.3. For all of us who may have lost our way over this last year, this is for you. This is what God says to you in Zechariah 1.3. Therefore, tell the people, tell all the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Return to me. Come home to me. Shift. Come back into harbor. Come home with me. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you. You will find me there. Return to me, and I will return to you. You can always come back home to God. He will never reject you. He has not forgotten about you. You can return to God. You can put your hand back on the rudder of your spiritual life today. And as you do, I promise you, God is waiting for you. God will always do what only he can do. So the question is, will you do what only you can do? To return to God today, to come back home, to live your life with him with greater passion and purpose this week and this year. Let me pray for us right now. God, thank you that you are a God who keeps your promises, that you are a God who is waiting for us, that you are a God who is calling us, and that you've left it to us to choose, to choose you, to choose whether or not we'll make a spiritual shift in our life. And so I just pray for every person right now who's watching this online or hearing this through the podcast. I pray for our staff and team who are gathered here today. Whatever the spiritual shifts are, that we can make in our lives when it comes to gathering together, whatever the excuses are that we've made, would you help just melt those away right now? Any resistance we have to gathering together with you or with others, would you help us do it? Holy Spirit, would you help us do that? And to not go back to drifting, to not go back to just sort of taking our hand off the rudder, but to move forward in faith into the life that you've created for us and are calling us into this year. I pray that for every person who hears these words right now. And would you remind them through your spirit and by your love that they can return to you today. They can come home, that you're waiting for them, and you have so much more in store for them. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.